like you guys never got out of confirmation class. That's the kind of help I can expect from confirmands. Right, Timothy? Great chapter 17. Yeah. But I, I couldn't remember. I mean, it's what, three weeks ago? Something like that? I could not recall. Here's my here's where I'm a little foggy. Confirmation class is right here, and then kind of at the same time we were in the same zone, and then confirmation courses got ahead. But that's why I'm a little bit murky on where where did we stop? I didn't mark it. A lot of times I do when I get into that time. Sometimes we've had a couple things where we marked where we were. Verse three. One person on the ball here. Verse 3, let's pick it up at verse 1 then and move forward. That should be a little fresher for us. Um, maybe we'll, let's put up the timeline for a second. My love. It's there. <laughs> um, so what we finished in chapter 16 was the seven bowls. And those bowls are the final, final expression of God's wrath. Okay, so it's at the very, very end. In this, probably, what's that last 30 days? So the Bible talks about 1,290 days. That would be to hear from the midpoint. 1,260 days is to hear. So we're thinking that the bowls of wrath are poured out in those last 30 days. But uh, that's what we just finished in chapter 16. So 17 opens up right here. Now we're going to dive into two chapters deep on Babylon. And so that's on your time list. Babylon is represented by the red um, line across here. You'll notice that half of it quits at the midpoint. Because at the midpoint, Babylon represents the false religions of the world. And some other stuff too, but uh, the false religions of the world. So why do... Why does a bunch of that drop off at the midpoint? What does the Antichrist do at the midpoint? What does he do with religion in the world? Yeah, all other religion ends. The only religion allowed now is, is who is God? I'm God. Nothing else, nothing else matters. So that's why the false religions, uh, the world's false religions that we know by name and have listed on our cults and all that kind of stuff now, those will all come to an end before you die. That a new religion takes its place, and so it's also a false religion. That's why it continues until this point at the end, uh, where God's wrath is going to come down on it. But uh, that's why it shows it that way. I don't think we need to go back to my illustration with the bulls. That's that's pretty much a good done deal. So we'll let that go. Okay, chapter seventeen, verse one. <clears throat> One of the seven angels who had the seven bulls came and said to me, Come, I will show you the punishment of the great prostitute who sits on many waters. Okay, we looked ahead later in chapter 17 and verse 15 that tells us what those waters represent. The angel said to me, The waters you saw were the, where the prostitute sits are peoples, multitudes, nations, and 
So it represents all the people and the people groups of the world. Okay, let's go back to verse 1. When the seven angels had the seven bowls came and said to me, Come, I will show you the punishment of the great prostitute who sits on many waters. So she sits over all the peoples of the world. It's not one particular country or language or people that is uh, worshiping falsely. It's that the whole world has been doing this. Verse 2. With her, the kings of the earth committed adultery. What, what kind of adultery? Spiritual adultery. So the kings of the earth participated in worshiping false gods along with uh, with Babylon. With her, the kings of the earth committed adultery, and the inhabitants of the earth were intoxicated with the wine of her adulteries. Okay. So was it just just kind of a oh yeah whatever thing? To what level were the peoples of the world um, stepping into false religions, worshiping gods other than the true God? They were so into it that they were overindulging in it and getting drunk on it. Okay, so so gladly charging into it. Do we, do we see that? It's a common thing in our day. In history, do we see it today? Do we see people today rejoicing and reveling in stuff that is not from the true God? not directed toward the true God, spiraling again. And it kind of goes in cycles through human history. Uh, we're really upset because our nation, um, for quite some time, was not in that realm. But now in the last 10, 15 years, the last five years, picking up speed. So there's less and less knowledge of the Bible, less and less knowledge of God. There's more and more leaping off of cliffs into stuff that is clearly wrong opposite the one true God so much. So we're seeing it a lot more intensity, a lot more commonly, and that's why we're getting upset because we haven't been used to this. You look at scripture and you study the history of the world. This has happened many, many times before. It's not a it's not a one time thing, not unusual. Okay, anything else anything through verse two? Just kind of get back our gears straightened. Then the angel carried me away in the spirit into a desert. Now he doesn't talk about it here, but I think we mentioned this two weeks ago. Apostle Paul had experience like this. Uh, a couple others have in the Bible. So the angel carried him away in the spirit into a desert. Uh, did John's body go along for the ride or not? What do you think? Probably not. Paul talks about it saying he, he wasn't sure if his body came along or not. And it's not, you know, well, big deal. I'm just saying, you know, logistically, an angel carries you away into the desert. What's the logistics here? Um, this is probably John in the spirit being taken, body not along for the ride. It's interesting. There I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast. Scarlet beast, the, the color we're probably referring to. This is tricky, right? In Revelation, you have beasts all over the place. Sometimes it refers to a king, sometimes it refers to Antichrist, usually Antichrist, sometimes to the whole political system that supports.
towards the Antichrist? Let's find out. I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast that was covered with blasphemous names and had seven heads and ten horns. Now we know. What's the beast she's sitting on? It's that whole government political system that is supporting the Antichrist, right? Seven seven heads and the ten horns represent the kings and the, the nations. So who's the woman sitting Scarlet Beast. It's this great prostitute, Babylon. Um, let's, let's do just a couple more verses and then we'll pull up my illustration. Okay, verse 4. The woman was dressed in purple and scarlet. What does that tell us? Prostitute. Um, back then, purple usually says what about the person's Royalty. financial situation? Rich. Wealthy. Okay, so wealthy. Um, prostitute, yes. Colors that grab the attention, right? So she's dressed in purple and scarlet, was glittering with gold, precious stones, and pearls. So we're getting a really big picture of this. This uh, woman cares a lot about wealth displaying it. Um, one of the more damaging things about popular Christianity in America today. Oh, man. Yeah. Prosperity is a huge element in American Christianity on TV and stuff. And, um, I just about cried. So Joel Osteen, Texas. He has a former NBA basketball arena church and have, what, 30,000, 40,000 people there on Sunday morning? Um, so Fox, Fox News, I noticed, flipping by their stuff a couple weeks ago, uh, they called Joel Osteen and asked him, what's, what's the true meaning of Easter? And I was like, are you kidding me? He probably doesn't know. And you called him because he's got one of the biggest church. I get it. You're clueless. You've got headquarters at Fox, but I don't want to hear what Joel thinks Easter is about. She, this this woman with uh, displaying wealth like crazy, she held a golden cup in her hand filled with what? Abominable things. She enjoys what? Yeah, she enjoys getting drunk on horrifying things, all directed away from the true God. Adulteries, the adulteries are all spiritual. Uh, whenever you don't worship the one true living God, you're committing spiritual adultery. So she rejoices and revels. She, she herself gets drunk in it. Verse 5. This title was written on her forehead. I had never, had never come across this before, but back in Bible times, it was common, especially for the temple prostitutes, but a lot of the prostitutes, they'd wear uh, jewelry that would wrap around uh, their ears and go behind their head, clasp behind their head, but across their forehead, it would display their name. So, you know, they'd, they'd get famous or popular or whatever, and, oh, have you been with so-and-so kind of deal. 
So she has, just like the prostitutes of the day, famous ones, she has her name written across her forehead. And that's interesting, verse 5. This title was written on her forehead. Mystery, on my Bible, I circled that, put a star by it. Mystery. So are we going to figure, are we going to understand this whole thing about who she is? God's going to give us a bunch of pointers and some detail, but there's still, there's mystery that surrounds this whole Babylon thing. It's a woman, it's a belief system, it's a city. What is it? It's all these things. It's kind of mysterious. So right off the bat, it says, mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of prostitutes. So, so the scripture seems to be saying, where did false religion get its beginning. It's a mother who who produced all the false religions of the world. Where did it come from? It came from Babylon. Interesting. The mother of prostitutes. Is there just one false world religion? One false belief? Plural. Mother of prostitutes and of the abominations of the earth. So anything that rejects, ignores, or replaces the one true God who made the heavens and the earth and provided for our salvation in Jesus is an abomination to the Lord. Uh, we'll do one more verse, then we'll put my illustration up there. I saw that the woman was drunk with what also? Blood of the saints. So, a good indication of whether you have a false world religion before you is what is its attitude towards Christians? Yeah, it's, it's just, it's not just like, well, you can believe what you want to believe. It's no, you need to destroy those people because they think there's one true God and they keep bothering us with their one true God. And it's actually, who's behind all that? Satan himself is trying to silence I saw that the woman was drunk with the blood of the saints, the blood of those who bore testimony to Jesus. He says, when I saw her, I was greatly astonished. Go deeper now. Let's put up my illustration. So try and uh, illustrate <laughs> the, the Babylon, the great prostitute, sitting on the beast, seven heads. I didn't put Blasphemies all over it. This beast is also dedicated to um, speaking against the true God. This woman, these false religions, are dedicated to worshiping anyone but the true God. So that's why they, it's, a, it's a match made in hell. Um, so we've got jewelry and purple and scarlet. The cup, the golden cup in her hand, I put an upside down cross on it just to try and represent the abominations in there. Um, she has kind of like fangs for teeth and blood dripping because uh, she's been drinking the blood of the saints written on her forehead. Literally, I did it. Mystery, Babylon the Great, Mother of Prostitutes, Abominations of the Earth. Okay, so that's, it's kind of, I don't know, it's, helpful to me to see it illustrated a little bit. But it's interesting. Normally, 
the person riding the horse, who's in charge, the horse or the person? Normally the person is in charge. On occasion, what happens? The horse goes bananas, gets scared or spooked or whatever. On occasion, the horse takes charge. So interesting. So for a time, the great prost the prostitute seems to be in charge. But we'll see along the line that the, the horse, the beast, rises up and says, no more of you, and uh, dumps her by the road. Okay, good. I went through that. I don't want to say fast, but we just kind of step by step. Anything through verse 6 that comments or questions here? The thing that comes to my mind obvious that she wanted to be seen with her lips as gory as what he had. Yeah, yeah, wanting attention. Yeah, yeah that's very good. Clamoring for attention. Good. What else impresses you? Yeah, we'll get to that pretty soon. <laughs> That's the one it's it says, well, there's seven, and then it says there's there's an eight, but he is from the seven. And um, I'll just be honest, real brutally honest with you. These two chapters in Babylon are uh, I don't want to say the murkiest. They're the most difficult for me to have a concrete grasp of. I, I can't just tell you I got this nailed down and do 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 do. Even even the gentleman that I love a lot of his stuff on the end time revelation, um, I feel like he doesn't nail this. So I'm not gonna throw his stuff out so much. I'll I'll throw out a couple different things here and there, but I think we just need to let the text speak to us, do our best to process, to get a handle on it. That's why I, I emphasized the very first word on her forehead, a title, it says, was the very first word, mystery. Even, even last night when I was touching up prep for this, I'm like, I think God is saying, you're not going to get all of this until it happens before your eyes. But I wanted to give you clues in advance so you wouldn't be shocked, you wouldn't be astonished, you'll understand as it's happening. But I think the Lord is, is uh, being real upfront with us, saying there's a lot of mystery that goes with this for now. Clarity will come when you see it face to face. Very good. Other things? It's interesting to me that it's Babylon. I mean, there were, there were false world religions before Babylon. huge early world influence, that's for sure. Should do some more digging on historical Babylon. But she Possibly, just thinking, I'll look. 
they come close to each other. Actually, Ur is where looks like we're. I guess you phase two together. That where Nebuchadnezzar rose up the first statue blatantly against God? Say again. Wasn't that Nebuchadnezzar's spot where he raised the statue and yep. started outright just saying, Hey, I'm God. are related, but um, Babel, where the Tower of Babel occurred, is probably not at Babylon City. Probably different locations. But there's some relation there, too. Yeah, so Nebuchadnezzar, when you, when you go back to uh, Daniel, read through that. Nebuchadnezzar put up a 90-foot-tall golden statue of himself and told everybody to worship it, for sure. So that's, wow, is that like Antichrist or what? Okay, but then also God gave uh, Nebuchadnezzar a dream, a prophetic dream, and he saw a statue, and the statue had different parts, right? The legs were made of bronze and iron, and they're made of different things. And the statue represented a bunch of different kingdoms in progression, kingdoms that all hated the Jews, tried to destroy them, and hated God. So maybe, yeah. Add some more pieces to this. It's making more and more sense why Babylon is um, described as the mother of all prostitutes. Also related to Sodom and Gomorrah, many other things there. I just finished uh, the new Jesus Freaks for my morning devotions. describes here in Revelation that she's drunk with the blood of the saints. You read the descriptions of how Christians have been treated down through the ages. And sometimes you can tell. Sometimes it's people doing what they're ordered to do. A lot of times it's people who are just really enjoying the torture and stuff and you just don't want to do that. So there is, there is uh, drunkenness that sometimes goes Folks get saved now and then. Uh, one of my favorite ones here in the last week or so was um, Christians imprisoned and being tortured. And when they weren't being tortured, they would sing hymns together. And so one day, the, the warden, the head guy of the prison, comes stomping into the, one of the cells. And he's yelling and screaming. And he says, I hear that, that, that you are singing.
expensive and so forth and so on, these songs. And he said, sing one of them to me. So they launched out in O Sacred Head Mountain. He listened to the whole song, didn't say a word, turned on his heel and walked out the door. Um, later he got saved. So what are these horrible atrocity songs you're singing? O Sacred Head Now Wounded. Saved so, yeah. God can turn even people drunk on the blood of the saints. Sometimes He will turn them back to Christ. Did anything else through verse six? Then okay, at the tail end of that last sentence, John says, "When I saw her, when he, when John saw this representation of Babylon, the mother prostitute, I was greatly astonished." Well, if you look at my illustration. <laughs> You get a, an idea of why he was astonished. Well, what in the world is this? Verse 7. The angel said to me, why are you astonished? I will explain to you the mystery of the woman and of the beast she rides, which has the seven heads and ten horns. So here's, we're going to get some help here. Is it going to fix everything? At least not in my brain, but it's going to help. Verse 8. The beast, which you saw, once was, now is not will come up out of the abyss and go to his destruction. Now there, are we talking about the whole government system and stuff, or are we talking about an individual? So it goes to his destruction. Sounds, sounds like we're talking about an individual. Um, yeah, his destruction. So here we're talking about an individual. Who, who is that individual we're talking about? Once was, now is not, will come out of the abyss. We're, we're talking about the Antichrist, most likely. Now here's one thing that I do get out of these descriptions. Over and over it's going to mention to us the end result of this person or system or whatever. What's the end result of this beast that comes out of the abyss? Right, he's going to go to his destruction. His end is destruction. So God wants us to know there's going to be rough patches through here for sure. But uh, here's here's the end, the last chapter, the final final page is goes to his destruction and Christ reigns with us. So this beast which you saw once was now is not and will come up out of the abyss. And that once was now is not will come is this reference to the mortal wound. Eyes comes back to life again. That's the devil copying God and Jesus and the resurrection. It goes to his destruction. The inhabitants of the earth, whose names have not been written in the book of life from the creation of the world, will be astonished. So, who's going to be amazed, astonished, and fall in love with this guy when he comes back to life? Everybody who is not saved. Right? Everybody who's not saved for this guy. When they see the beast, because he once was, now is not, and yet will come. Well, how much do we rejoice in and love the resurrection, the victory of Christ? We love it. And it's, it's the most, in the physical earthly realm, what's the most powerful, amazing thing that could be experienced? It's somebody coming back from the dead. Right? So, I mean, well, why do we have all the Frankenstein monster movies and all that kind of stuff. It's why in uh, movies, especially the ones that like 
Marvel or whatever, you know, why do, why do the main characters never really die? You think they're dead, but the next movie, oh, they somehow magically came back to life. Uh, we're enthralled with that. We love it. So he's going to pull that, that gamut, and the world's going to fall for him head over heels. Verse 9. Th this is where I get really humbled. This calls for a mind with wisdom. <laughs> okay, Lord. Uh, what, what's one of God's favorite prayers from us? Lord, give us wisdom. Help us to understand. This calls for a mind with wisdom. The seven heads on this beast are seven, what's your Bible say? Hills. Ooh, okay, you got mountains. Right? So the literal word there is mountains. Vast majority of translations translate it hills. Why do they do that? The seven heads are seven hills on which the woman sits. Okay? So Babylon is also called sometimes a city. When you look at that, uh, there are some cities that are famously built on seven hills. One of the most famous that people love to plug into Revelation, the end times, they know what, what city, Rome, is built on seven hills. So you see how the, the temptation for a translator is like, well, you know, everybody talks about Rome being da 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 da, -da so and, and uh, so it's easy to pile on to Roman Catholicism and say that's the religion and so forth. And we just run off this, off the bunny trail, jackrabbit trail. We just go running down this trail and we leap off the cliff. But the literal word there in the Greek is mountains. The seven heads are seven mountains in which the woman sits. Well, if it's seven mountains, what does that bring to mind? Mountains might represent what? Nations, kingdoms, more so often in scripture rather than an individual city. So you, st you start digging here, you, you, you gotta, gotta be careful with the translation, people. I'm not, I'm not down on the committees, but I'm going a little bit, I'm going, hey, let's go literally, shall we please? Help us out here. You, you're, you led generations of Bible people down a bunny trail. Seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sits. So what does that mean? This woman, these false religious systems, Babylon, she sits on seven mountains or kingdoms. What is that picturing for us? What is her influence like? Right. And the number seven, is, is it four mountains? Is it ten? Is it three? If it's seven, what does seven normally represent as a number in the Bible? Completion. So it's probably saying uh, these false religions have sat upon all the kingdoms of the seen that already represented before um, more clearly. So I think that's probably what John is describing here, but he says this calls for mind with wisdom. So we're going to be careful and handle it um, lightly, right? The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sits. They are also seven kings. They say, wait a minute. <laughs> it, they shouldn't represent two different things at the same time. Now you're really um, confusing us or adding to the difficulty. This is the reality. They are also seven kings. Five have fallen. One is. The other has not yet come. But when he does come, he must remain for a little while. Okay. Seven kings. Five have fallen. Now, Bible interpreters go all over the map with this stuff. And um, 
gentleman I've learned a lot from. He he said this was five kingdoms from earth history. He went back to Daniel and you know there's four or five kingdoms that are detailed there. He said these are beast kingdoms that try to destroy the Jews, the people of God. You can do that, and that works for a while, but then it falls apart. There's been many other kingdoms after Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, Persia, Greece. Lots of other nations and empires have tried to wipe out the Jews. So the, the numbering it kind of it kind of falls apart and gets all mushy. But then it's talking about um, it goes from this. Okay, verse 10. There are also seven kings, five have fallen, one is, the other has not yet come. Well, who's that been describing? Whenever we hear that language before, who's it talking about? Once was That's always been talking about the Antichrist before. When he does come, he must remain for a little while. That's talking about the Antichrist. So then you wonder if the seven kings are current kings and in the end times. So I don't know. Literally, the angel says, this calls for a mind of wisdom, and I'm going, my mind needs more trouble nailing this down. But now what's emphasized again, when he does come, he must remain for how long? A little while. How long does Christ reign? So John's wanting us, God's wanting us to keep these things in mind. Anything else in verse 10? It's, it's gonna, okay, verse 11. The beast once was, and now it's back to beast, but we're talking about kings. The beast who once was and now is not is an eighth king. He belongs to the seven, and he's going to his destruction. Okay, again, emphasizing the end. He's going to be destroyed at the end. So he's an eighth king. So I've got him represented here, eighth king. But he belongs to the seven. That seems to be referring to he was alive, he died, came back to life. So in a sense, he's his, his new life is like an eighth king, but he's really one of the original seven. Well, that was, yeah, the, the guy that I learned a lot from, and he died 20 years ago before all this Islamic terrorism. But he, he believed that if uh, he thought it might be Hitler. <clears throat> There's some stuff that goes that way in Scripture. Um, when the Antichrist reveals his true identity at the midpoint in the temple and says, I'm God, worship me now. Um, who, who would the world instantly recognize in that moment? Who has a history of hating God's people and trying to destroy them? So you put all these things together, and it's kind of like, wow, I don't know how that would, I mean, that technology, clothing, all that kind of stuff, I don't know. Um, Jesus, the, the Bible says that Elijah will come before the Messiah and prepare the way for him. Does Elijah literally come back from the dead and prepare Israel? Jesus, no, it was John the Baptist. What did John do? He wore the same weird clothes that Elijah used to. 
did some other things. He ate the same kind of weird survival food out in the desert that Elijah did. Uh, was he trying to pretend to be Elijah in reality? No, he was doing things that would bring Elijah to mind so they would realize, I am the one prophesied to come and prepare the way for the Messiah. So, um, is it literally going to be Hitler with the mustache? As Americans, isn't that what we're looking for? We want somebody that's going to give us everything we want and just oh, leave us sure. alone. And, and it, no matter who it is, if it's Hitler or if it's whatever, it, as long as they give me what I need or what I think I need, I'll be happy and everything will be good. to the seven is going to his destruction. So Janet Miller, I've got eighth up here. Is he the seventh? Um, I mean, that's pretty clear whether he is a, a Hitler or not. That's another question. We're seeing also weird for us older folks that who he's not Hitler. So we're seeing a lot of similar things. A lot. But if somebody's had a successful Doing a lot of things and being successful to it. Let's go a little bit to the others to 11. Let's kind of dip our toes into verse 12 here. Now he's going to turn to the ten horns. The ten horns you saw are ten kings. It's not like, well, we just had seven kings. <laughs> the ten horns you saw are ten kings who have not yet received a kingdom. Now, why do I emphasize that? When the European Union began to be formed, what is that, 20 years ago? 30 years ago? 20 years ago? When the European Union began to be formed, why did Bible hounds go nuts? Originally, it had how many countries in it? 10. And Bible hounds went, what is revelation? It's happening right now. You know, Paul gets up, well, okay, what does what it say in verse 12? The 10 horns you saw are 10 kings who have not yet received a kingdom. So it's not going to form first. You're not going to have 10 countries, um, so forth and so on, uh, in advance. They're going to come together and be given their kingship in this moment with the Antichrist. Um, but who for one hour will receive authority as kings along with the beast. So how long are they going to rule and reign? 
very brief time, very short time. I just, a, a blip, not even on the calendar, a blip on your daily planner, one hour. It's going to be a really brief time. Uh, they have one purpose. They'll give their power and authority to the beast. Their only purpose is to prop him up and give him some logistical strength and stuff. That's, uh, that's the only thing they're going to do. Yeah, it sounds to me like what what happens when even presidents, you know, when, when you get in power, what do you do? You choose the people, your friends, and so forth and so on to come along to be your cabinet, be in charge. That's the impression I get here, is that when he takes power, he's going to be like, you 10, you're in charge of these kingdoms now. People who were elected presidents or kings in those nations before, tough luck. Pack your bags if you're lucky. You still have your head on your shoulders. Get out of Dodge, because my guys are going to take over. So yeah, it might be 10 countries that have some kind of political uh, agreement together, but there's not a strong indication of that in the scriptures. Uh, the indication is that uh, they're going to come together at the very end for a very brief time, just in support of the Antichrist. So it's interesting how we, we're, we really, really badly want to see this stuff happen, right? So we jump on the, this. Are there 10 countries in the European Union anymore? that long time ago. So let's pray. <laughs> awesome God, boy, are we humble this morning, and we need that. We rejoice in being humble. Uh, we're glad, God, to be on our knees before you and, and just saying, God, we need wisdom. Uh, Jesus right here, John wrote down, this calls from mind uh, with wisdom. We need help with that, God. So more and more, Lord, show us, reveal things to us, and strengthen our knowledge of you, our love of you, walking with you and doing your word in daily life. Through Jesus Christ, our victorious, conquering, ever-reigning Lord. And all God's people said, Amen.